Good evening and welcome to a new edition of StarCast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, the host of Planet Waves FM and the author of this, that, and the other thing here with an update for the evening of Monday, the 27th of March, 2023. I was laying low last week. Thank you for the break. I am now back in the saddle and got a few things to talk about here beside the rising tide. We are in a whole new era of astrological history and, I suspect, of world history. The planets were all changing signs, which I've been writing about incessantly since oh, last July or so. And even if you go back um, well over a year before that with the Aquarian era readings, uh, they, they are all now in place. Mars is in Cancer. Most recently, that was two days ago. Pluto is in Aquarius. It'll be making a few more brief visits back to Capricorn, but will be in Aquarius besides that until about 2024. And Saturn has taken up residence in Pisces. And so, and that's there to stay. So the first question is, can you feel any difference or is it just all kind of blending into one thing? To me, there's a palpable shift in the energy of course, I've got Mars in my ascendant and a few other things, but you know that could account for that. But uh, there has, in my experience, there's been a a quickening of the pace, and I've noticed something that I wasn't really considering or thinking about, which is the proliferation of strange technical issues. It's almost as if we're in some uncharted Mercury retrograde of of of, of some kind. Um, where I am experiencing the digital environments based on little blips and things that aren't typical problems that are, uh, are are in existence. I'm curious what your experience has been over the past week or so. Uh, and in fact, Mars ent- uh, sorry Saturn entered uh, Pisces uh, 20 days ago. Uh, but more, tell me about the past week. If you get a chance, wherever you're listening, please enter a comment or send an email to editors at planetwaves.net. So let's go over the current status of the, the planets in the immediate sense, and I'll, I'll repeat some of what I said in a little bit more detail. Uh, first of all, just checking in with the moon, we are at first quarter. That takes place uh, tomorrow. At the moment, the moon is in very late Gemini, as I am recording and it only has a few aspects left to make. Maybe, well, let's see now. It's a, it's about to make a square to Neptune. That's in the next, now and in the next hour or so. Uh, and then what's it going to do? Then it is going, there's a trine somewhere in there. Isn't there a trine somewhere in there? Uh, well, anyway, a square to Ceres and uh, a few other bits and bobs currently sextile eris uh, so the but the moon the important thing is the moon is in the late degrees of gemini and uh, has a short time before it changes signs let's see there's six degrees left it's two hours per degree so the moon changes signs early on tuesday then uh, i think one of the most significant and tangible palpable changes of of the last few days is that Mars has finally entered a new sign after being in Gemini for seven months. So Mars entered Gemini back in August, I believe August 20th, 
And then it was retrograde through part of the autumn and part of the winter here in the Northern Hemisphere, then stationed direct, and then um, has been creeping through Gemini for months. And along the way in this retrograde thing, as I've mentioned many times, it has made a series of squares to Neptune in Pisces. This has been really challenging. And this is a uh, a, a very bog-like situation. It's quite enough having Mars be retrograde in Mercury sign. Mars retrograde at any time can feel quite uh, like it is um, stuck or spinning its wheels. And Gemini, Mercury ruled sign, that can be contentious. And then when you add the squares to Neptune, it's very difficult to uh, see which way is up. So now we have Mars in cardinal sign Cancer, recently conjunct the Aries point and and Mars will be doing a lot of things when it is in Cancer mostly making square aspects to planets in Aries so that would include Chiron and it will include Jupiter and it will include Ceres and it will include Eris and um squares I I think uh, from experience I'm not sure what books this is in, but I think I've seen squares are the most tangible, and I use the word reluctantly, powerful aspects. They really are something happens aspects. And so um, we we are in the middle now of a bunch of Mars squares, but or in the beginning of them. But the good thing is that at least it won't be boring. There'll be a lot of things shaking and moving. And by the way, along those uh, list on that list of Mars aspects should be and now I'm adding it, Mars trine Saturn in Pisces. So we've got watery Mars, we've got watery Pisces and they are in a trine aspect right now. That'll probably be exact something like on Thursday or uh, something like that. So then um of of also um intriguing and exciting um possibilities is Venus conjunct Uranus. Uh, Venus and Uranus are two kind of strange planets. They've got unusual orbits and uh, they, they are very similar in highly technical ways. Of course, Uranus is a gas giant out on the far edge of the universe, well, the solar system anyway, uh, just a bit past Saturn. And Venus is a terrestrial world. It's a, a big rock like the Earth, but there are orbital elements that are very similar and that make them more eccentric uh, and more alike than similar. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. A, a, a conventional reading of this would say, you know, spontaneous um, movement in love affairs and, and relationships and elements of surprise in all things emotional and effectual and conventional wisdom would say, don't be speculating financially too much. Keep an eye on your money and what you do with it. And I think with a, a Venus Uranus type of aspects we, where you've got like this kind of uh, emotional and sexual and highly intelligent planet in its domicile, Taurus, and making a conjunction with Uranus, which is... Um, a kind of a, a, a thing that represents the element of surprise and upheaval and unusual developments, mainly like unexpected unusual developments, is the the best way to uh, to describe Uranus. Well, that that's that can be a really fun combination, and I don't know what 
people's idea of sex or sexuality is this these days. Uh, I don't get my news from the rainbow-striped painted crosswalks outside of my office or apartment. Uh, however, there is something going on around sex and sexuality that is not strictly political or involving the bathrooms at McDonald's. And this is uh, one of those moments when it could be fun and exciting to Try something you haven't tried before. Surprise yourself. Surprise a partner. Um, a, a little, um, well, what most people call kinky is just usually, you know, something slightly off the normal menu. So Venus is active. Mars is active. Uh, next, we come to uh, Pluto. Uh, Pluto is in Aquarius now. Uh, this is a sign associated with uh, with technology uh, in all of its forms and social patterns. So it's it's um, a good time to be observing any changes, subtle or otherwise, in social patterns that are associated with or influenced by technology. Whether this means going deeper into technology, whether it means uh, taking a step out of it, uh, there is going to be a shift, there is in progress, a shift in the environment that I think is going to call attention to the fact that we are completely surrounded, swallowed, and under the water of the digital environment like SpongeBob SquarePants. And the way that you can think of how strange this might be uh, is even if you are someone who understands something about what's going on in the digital environment, like you're starting to get the sense of the way that it's transformed humanity, not not merely that people are carrying their phones around, but what that does to them, right? Um, this is a great time to be observing unprecedented changes, things that you've never seen or heard of before, things that you have not uh, noticed before. And the, and the way things are made noticeable is generally by way of some environmental shift of some kind. Something changes in the environment that makes you realize that you're in the environment. It's kind of like you don't notice electricity until there's a blackout. You just take the electricity for granted, and then suddenly when the power goes out after a storm or something, and for most people it doesn't happen very often. So it's, a, it's not a thing that they're accustomed to. It's not a thing they can say, oh, well, I've got all my blackout things ready. Uh, it's not a typical thing most places. It is some places, like where my friend Carol lives in Oregon, where the power goes out uh, frequently. But, you know, then again, there's like a population one person per square mile in that part of Oregon. So you would expect it. Um, is to note, look for things in the environment, particularly digital and social, that call your attention to changes in the environment. Okay. Now with Saturn in Pisces, uh, what I've been saying is this is, and, and now now we can test this theory, is that there's a reality principle element added to the fantasy principle element of Neptune in Pisces. And so the question is, where's your imagination going? What's been going on in your fantasy life? Are you being called and attracted and drawn in some way into things that are in a more uh, substantial physical reality? Are you placing any boundaries around your imagination, uh, around your use of alcohol or cannabis or any other substances? Are your values and attitudes changing toward those things? Are you noticing something is, uh, is, is different in that facet of your life? Uh, finally, 
we have Vesta working its way into a conjunction with Eris. Now, we all know that I am a tremendous fan of Vesta. I think she holds the key to healing in many ways, a key which I describe as uh, creating a stable boundary around uh, a project, around an experience or process that you need to have. Vesta can be a meditation room. Vesta can be the way that your home is organized around the kitchen. Vesta is about the uh, the the definition of space and the allocation of space for purposes and by extension things done for a special purpose so we have vesta in a very unusual position which is conjunct uh, a, a planet that is associated with disruption with chaos and with the radical transformation of identity by technology that's my assessment uh, of of Eris in in some in many ways really and uh, this has been something I've discovered and rediscovered a few times all the way back to my my first and the first monograph short book ever written about Eris that I wrote in the winter of 2007 called facets and fragments of self link to that sometimes it's uh, somewhere it's easy to find it if you just google that facets and fragments of self it ought to come right up um and so th- th- there is something that is um shifting in the vesta field either eris kind of uh provides a special kind of fire for vesta or vesta stabilizes something about eris th- there is a thing that we do need to keep on our Vesta altar, on that space in the middle of the defined space, around the, around the place where the fire is burning. Vesta, of course, is a fire goddess and is um, uh, represented by a chevron. And that is that there, there needs to be space made for creative chaos. It is not creatively inspiring to be too rigid, reductionist, mental, um, uh, inflexible. What are other other words I'm, I'm looking for? It's necessary to leave the window open a little, as David Lynch once said in a lecture that I attended, that the window being the, um, the, the window to things you might encounter when you take mushrooms, right, or some other entheogenic substance. Now, you don't want that window wide open all the time, but you want the window open a little bit. So this, in any event, will be a reminder to just keep a little bit of that unpredictability and chaotic uh, energy is something you welcome and work with and draw upon for inspiration right on your kind of central altar to your self-actualization and healing process. Remembering, of course, this is going on in Aries, the sign of self-actualization, along with many other things associated with self-actualization. The sun, for example, on the uh, third, it'll look like it'll be around the fifth of April. We'll make a conjunction to Chiron in Aries. That is a uh, a central uh, e- event. And finally, let's um let's conclude with the uh, a reminder that I'll, I'll be speaking to you uh, before before that with any luck. But on the sixth of April, in about a week and a half, we are approaching the full moon in Libra, and this is a full moon that will be uh, sandwiched between. Chiron and Jupiter. So it's very close to Chiron. It's the sun 
in a one-degree conjunction to Chiron, the moon opposite the sun and Chiron. And so this brings a lot of Chiron into uh, kind of the conversation. And while I'm on that topic, on the 6th, at the time of the full moon, Mercury is sitting right in the discovery degree of Chiron. I consider the discovery degree of Chiron uh, basically four degrees of Taurus, meaning anything above three, three and change, as sometimes said, is equals four or the fourth degree of Taurus. Um, that adds the element of Chiron whenever something is touching it, particularly by conjunction, Mercury will be there. So we're going to have this full moon with the sun conjunct Chiron and the moon opposite Chiron and Mercury in the Chiron discovery degree. This all points back to a theme that I don't know what people think of it or make of it or want to do with it, but I am fond of talking about it, experimenting and exploring this whole reality field known as self-actualization. If you're wondering what the one thing I do that has... The, the the one thing everything I do has in common, there is always some element of self-actualization. It's why I'm able to deliver fairly similar messages, whether I'm working in imagery or in astrology or investigative reporting. I don't know if you can see that with music, but I, it's, I think of it as having continuity and the same curiosity factor, the same exploratory factor, the same searching for the sound or the light or the sense of uh, something that um, radiates with uh, authenticity and existing closer to the center point of one's being. All right, that's what I have to say to you tonight in this slightly elongated edition. I am planning on recording Astrology Studio for Aries. That will be uh, sometime late Tuesday. I've got the monthly horoscope to write too. The monthly horoscope should be out on Thursday, and I am probably not doing a full edition of Planet Waves FM this week uh, in service of just uh, cooling my jets. And so the only astrology writing project I'll be doing is um, the monthly horoscope and a, um, a, a fresh star cast to go on top of that. Once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a Planet Waves customer or subscriber or fan or curiosity seeker or whatever you may be. I appreciate the small gestures you make of support, buying something that I've done or uh, getting a subscription or making a little donation. It all, it all helps to um, pay for what is in reality a um, not inexpensive project to run. Uh, serving relatively few people, but we'd like to do it well and meaningfully. All right, signing off from Kingston, New York at 8.20 p.m. on 27th of March, 2023, here in the new age of Pluto in Aquarius, Saturn in Pisces, and Mars in Cancer. Bye for now. <laughs>